Don't forget to check out Nerd to Know Bases here on Phoenix 92.5 FM with myself, Daryl O'Connor, and Bryn O'Rourke for everything nerd culture, video games, comics, and so much more. That's Nerd to Know Bases, 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. every Saturday here on 92.5 Phoenix FM. Broadcasting from the Blanchestan Center, this is Phoenix FM. The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to bitch about movies and share pornography with one another. According to the Nerd Index, you should be upside down in a junior high toilet around the clock. This is Sparta! All your base are belong to us. The balls are inert. And now it begins. Alright guys, it is Saturday here on Phoenix 92.5 FM. It is Nerd to No Basis. And we are on podcast number 13. Of course, show number 13. My name is Daryl Connor, and I'm joined on the line by Mr. Bryn O'Rourke. Bryn, how are you, sir? I'm doing well, man. How are you? Busy, busy, but good, good. It's, uh, it's a good way to be. Yeah, the good um, feeling. Yeah, good feeling. <laughs> well, some, sometimes, sometimes, but then yeah. isn't. Um, so, yeah, last week we were not live. Uh, actually, the, the show that went out was an interview that we had with... with um, Dean yeah, it was, from the, it was from the panel from DCC. It was great. And this is one that you did, so don't, um, maybe kind of anyone who didn't catch it, sell it to us. Okay, so, like, I'm trying to think. I mean, it's weird, because, like, I haven't listened to the audio back since... Uh, I haven't listened to the audio back since then. So, it basically, um, I just remember coming away from that day going, like, that was my favorite panel that I went to, mainly because, like, like I mean, Dean. For, even though people just go, "Oh, he was in Superman," and not nothing else, he's actually had a pretty decent career for himself. Um, like he's had, um, he had he had a couple of cameo episodes in Smallville. He's had a somewhat recurring role in Supergirl, which is kind of cool. And he's like, I think it's a case today where he's played uh, Superman, Jor El, and Jor El's dad, which is kind of nuts. <laughs> Um. So, like, he is like he is like, in a weird way, a, a definitive Superman. Even though most people would, yeah. he'd be the last person that you'd consider to be a definitive Superman. But I think he's definitive in the same way that like Adam West is a definitive Batman. If that makes yeah. sense, you know, where like he's not like. I don't think he's going to be anyone's favorite incarnation of the character, but you kind of go, ah, oh, he was good, yeah. You know, I mean, he fit the role, like the. He is, um, in you know, entrenched as in the Superman lore, which is crazy. Um, really, when you think about it, you know, going from Lois and Clark to yeah. you know Smallville and stuff like that. But you know, fair play, and you seem to uh, to really get a lot out of it. And he was very popular. You know, he seemed like yeah. a genuinely nice guy. If you go through yeah, the audio, absolutely. I was just like, yeah, this is fun. You know, yeah. Like I still think, like probably one of my favorite things he said throughout the entire thing was like, because I didn't know about him was that he was. Um, uh, that he grew up as childhood friends to the Sheens, and like mm. I remember him tell, I remember him telling a little bit about um, being eighteen years old and seeing on 
whatever that magazine that does uh, the sexiest man alive and Charlie Sheen was on the cover of it and he's just there going as a friend of as a childhood friend going no <laughs> it's, it's just such a sweet moment like and it's just um, I think it's like you know it's such a human thing where you know like if you were if you were in secondary school friends with someone and they were called like the hottest guy in Ireland you'd be like no no not, not a chance <laughs> you know so that's pretty funny yeah, it, it's a really cool moment. Like, um, he just seems like a really down to earth guy as well. The fact that like, uh, it's just also just like, uh, I, I don't know. I always just think it's really nice to see like a a single parent be so invested in their kid's life. It's just it's just a really nice thing to see because like, mm. you know, um, I mean, like single parents tend to be because they have to be, but you know, there's always the horror story, you yeah. know. Where yeah. the clear as well, and it just it just sucks. It's just nice. It's just nice to kind of like be appreciative. I think of single parents because it's not like you know it's not an easy easy role to take. But yeah, like um, yeah, again, it was one of my favorite. Definitely one of my favorite uh, pod. Uh, definitely one of my favorite recordings we did from that day. Um, yeah, yeah. We, like just on that as well, anyone who does who hasn't heard it, you know, we do have a uh, iTunes feed and we do have a SoundCloud. So if you go over and search Nerd 2, the number 2, uh, no media, you'd be able to get not only this show or, or any other shows we've done beforehand, but there's also a thing called Nerd to Know panels. So I, I put up one from Stormtroopers, which is uh, um, actually quite a, quite a good Stormtrooper Star Wars fan film. And it's it's it was on the same day. I think it was on around the same time, Brent. Actually, that's why we kind of split off and, and did different ones. Yeah, that was so. That was, one um, of the, that was one of the ones where we kind of had to break away from each other. Yeah, yeah. just hoping it's going to be better than the um, uh, than that classic uh, fan uh, fan made short where it was uh, they did uh, troopers, but in the style of cops. The you know the cop like the cop doc- yeah. documentaries yeah yeah they did yeah. someone did that with troopers and had it actually tie in to uh, uh, to a new hope where at the end like they're call there's like a domestic abuse call they go <laughs> they go out and um, and and Brew had killed had killed um, uh, had killed uh, her husband and then <laughs> she tried to flee the scene so they they shot her and burnt her. <laughs> Well, see, the thing about it is, it's like, it's, it's, it's like, I actually need to check that out because that sounds yeah, awesome. It's so great. <laughs> this one, this one is a, is a bit, is a tad more serious as such. Um, mm. it, it's not tied into anything. So the plot of it is, it's, uh, it starts off in a AT-80 mm. and it's a group of troopers going in to uh, take down a rebel stronghold. And so the cast is all Irish, actually. The weird thing about it is a lot of people looked really familiar, and it's because you're on Game of Thrones. And I'm like, ah, that's why I've seen you before. I was literally sitting in a room with you for 12 hours. Brent, yeah. to be honest with you, you know, you were an extra as well. You'd probably know a lot of them as well. It's it's weird how small Ireland is. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, it, it was very good. Now, to be fair, your man who started and made it, he, uh, he funded everything, so it was all self-funded. Uh, some of the CG is a little bit. There's points where like this is pretty, this is pretty cringy. Yeah, um, but yeah, but that's gonna happen with fan mates. Yeah, you know? they're very, they're very few and far between. Like for the resources that they had available for the time uh, that this was done, this was over a two day 
shoot and then they did it all in post-production. And the post-production house is actually in Cork. So they're the lads that did some of the Star Wars stuff around the around when The Force Awakens came out. So we'll, we'll, we'll link to them all in that. Yeah, I have to say, it was, it was quite good. Now, the actual panel itself was really good. Some of the questions, so you could hear yourself, guys, a little bit. You know, th- there's a reason why the meme is Star Wars fans are the worst fans in the world. Uh, mm. You can listen to it and check it out yourself. But that is up on our iTunes feed. Also up on our iTunes feed is our other show, uh, the WVI desk or rest of you as it's on on uh, Phoenix FM and pretty much anything that we do uh, is going to be popped up there so the most current show is 3.22 on WVI desk so subscribe uh, and you a good bit to catch up on for <laughs> to get nerd to know up to that up to that level of episodes yeah yeah, but here's the thing, guys. You don't you don't have to do anything else. All you have to do is literally go over, subscribe, or even search Nerd to Know Media on iTunes, and there it is. You know, it will just be sent to you every single every single week, twice a week, even. So, uh, keep, you know, that, that's kind of what we have going now on the iTunes. And Bryn, um, you know, your hard sell as always. You know, rate the podcast, uh, subscribe to it, and leave a review. Right? Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, the especially when it comes to now that we're on the uh, the Apple podcasts, it's so important that you go and uh, do reviews because the m- the more positive reviews we have, the higher the higher it will push us into the into the Irish charts. The Irish higher it pushes us in uh, the in the genre we are in our charts, and the more we have, the more visibility we have, and it just helps the podcast grow. Yeah, it's like. Well, well, here's the thing, Bryn. You know, a lot of people like to put it into a. Uh, you know, behind a paywall or something like that, but I don't see the point in that. You know, it's like, look, we're doing the show anyway. I'd rather pump it out and stuff like that. But if you guys, you know, do like the podcast, you know, we're not charging anything. We're kind of taking the hit ourselves with the with with, with the hosting. But it's it, it it's a free podcast, and if you can subscribe and leave a review, that'd be great. And you yeah. know, spread the word of the show. But anyway, that that's enough hard selling. I think. <laughs> um, this week but listen we've got to make the podcast really strong (laughs) (laughs) Um, but the reason why I bring it up is because last week the reason why the Dean Kane interview went out was because I was on assignment I was over at J-Con which was in Crow Park last weekend now it wasn't really an anime convention it was supposed to be a Japanese cultural event. It was an anime convention, mm. but <laughs> you know it was fun. Replaced yeah. um, Erdicon, isn't that right? Yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. much. It, it, it was pretty much Erdicon, all but in name. Yeah, uh, same people were involved. You know, the same heads that you see, the same um, cosplayers and like that. But you know, it was great. I think it was a uh, it was a, an intimate, an intimate kind of setting more than DCC. Um, the the main focus of it really was cosplaying, it seems, uh, than anything else. They had um, Eye Patch Wolf or Wolf Eye Patch, or whatever, who actually did a really good Simpsons video. I I didn't meet him because I just didn't have time and kind of forgot about it. But uh, you know, if you if you the listener are looking to go to a smaller um, a smaller con that isn't as crazy as DCC, I want to get you know check out the trade hall and that kind of stuff. You know, I would say, you know, maybe go there uh, first and kind of, you know, dip your dip your toes in there. And then you can kind of move on to something a bit bigger. It, it wasn't as big as Kazuka Khan, which is in Japan, which is in Japan, which is in uh, Cork. 
it's not as far away as, as Japan. Uh, then we should get the bus, Aaron bus. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but yeah, like I, I was, it was a fun, a fun weekend, and that's why we weren't live last week, guys. But uh, you know, Jake Con's coming up next year as well. I think the next con is uh, in the middle of October. I don't know if we're going to that or not. But yeah, uh, yeah sure any cons are We're going to. There I is, don't think we're gonna have time either. Yeah, there, there. I think the the next one. I think there might be one this this weekend actually. Um, now I think of it. There's I know I know there's one in the RDS. It's yeah. not this weekend. It's the weekend after. I'm not too sure, but you know, it's like let us know on Twitter or on uh, Facebook if we're wrong. Hell, uh, if you can get a messenger pigeon to us, I'll you know we'll we'll read it. Yeah, we'll frightened, and, but we'll read it. <laughs> <laughs> if we get there in time, we might go, but no. Yeah. You know, we haven't got tickets, but guys, if you are going, let us know uh, what you thought and maybe send, like, you know, a little review yeah. or something. And tell us why we should have gone. Yeah, basically. that would actually be very helpful. Yeah. Send us an email about why we should have went. Yeah. <laughs> sternly worded. The more sternly worded, the better. I want to exactly. feel shamed. That's the Catholic in me. That, that's the Catholic in me. <laughs> and if you want to send that, you can uh, to nerd uh, to know pfm at gmail.com. So the words too in that case mm. uh, <laughs> so, so many different different variations there to know but anyway let's get into the show this week uh, so look this week actually marked um, a game dropping that I wasn't really aware of like, I knew it was coming out but I didn't realise it was dropping this soon and it's the new Assassin's Creed game Assassin's Creed Odyssey mm-hmm. uh, so like I'll be honest with you, I didn't watch any development of this. I saw the Spartan trailer and I was like, that's pretty cool. And then kind of forgot about it until now. Uh, and, you know, like I wasn't going to buy it, but I did. And the thing about it is, it's like the reason why I bought it was because of the statue. I was like, this statue is pretty rad. It's uh, the main character standing on the head of Medusa. I'm like, right. Even if the game sucks, that's a really cool statue. So kind of want that. But, um, Playing the game is interesting. I'm playing it over on Twitch um, quite a lot, but uh, there, I will have to say I went off. To, I used to be a huge Assassin's Creed fan, all going all the way back to. Yeah, I used to be a big fan as well. Yeah, like for me, I hate the first one like a lot. Yeah, because <laughs> it was so just repetitive. Yeah, and I, I like the first one. I just like it. Just I, I like. I think the criticisms for it are legitimate. I still enjoyed the experience of it. It just. Um, like some stages were just much more fun than others. Pretty much yeah, anything, like anything that happened in what was it, Accra? The one where it's like clearly English, uh, more English influences than like Arabian. Yeah, I thought it was more. Fu- I thought it was just a more fun city. Uh, but as well as the, like the assassinations you had to do there, I thought were more fun too. Mm. Um, although like the main thing, main thing I loved in the game was uh, some of the crowd, <laughs> the the uh, crowd. Um, comments that they'd have on you just yeah. because like some of them would just come right out of nowhere and just be really funny because <laughs> of how they were delivered like i remember um oh i, I can't remember which which city which city was in it was one of the uh the arabian ones where it's just got it's like he's going to fall and hurt himself and i'm not going to help him <laughs> you know yeah yeah, no, yeah I, like, like, I, I actually really enjoyed I enjoyed this. I enjoyed the first one retroactively. Yeah, so after- the, the the atmosphere and it was really fun. Like yeah. um, I just remember the other, there was one from Acro. It was like uh, it's like 
wouldn't it be funny if he hurt himself? <laughs> like, it's like, this is dark, dude. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so when the second one came out, oh, breath was, it was great, you know, it was, and it's still quite a good game. I liked Brotherhood too, but then they just milked it and milked it and milked it and milked well, it. They milked because Ezio was like so popular. But not even um, that, like, yeah, by the time... When Revelation yeah. came around, it was kind of like right, I mean, fresh. The only thing that was Revelation about Revelations was that there was no Revelation at the end of it. Yeah, it was the biggest, you know, what yeah. in in gaming history. It's like, so what? 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 What did I? What did we find out? Nothing. Okay. Yeah. But see, I think the Strata broke the camel's back for a lot of people. Uh, you know, some people say Unity. I don't think it was Unity. I think it was um, before that. Assassin's Creed Three. Yeah. Um, and it, it was for loads of reasons. One, nobody liked Connor. Connor's a bit of a douche. Well, Connor uh, has the exact same backstory as Ezio, but just not charismatic. <laughs> yeah, he's just not a fun guy. His dad, Haytham, was really cool. Yeah. And everyone liked Haytham, you know. But uh, apparently Rogue is quite good. I know I've never played Rogue, but he plays Temper yeah. and Rogue. But um, for, for me, personally, every time I'd boot up a new Assassin's Creed game, it was... The exact same thing, you know, the exact same gameplay. Nothing was tweaked. It was just, I'm like, like, man, I've, you know, I've played this game before, so I have no interest in playing it again. Now, why I bring that up is because Odyssey is nothing like that. Yeah. Uh, there, you know, there, there was, sorry, there, just to say, there was a good meme actually. Uh, Simpsons meme, you appreciate this, and it was Lush Lady Doris feeding in gym mats, and she's like, <laughs> you know, "There's very little Assassin's Creed in this Assassin's Creed." It's like that's because it's true, and yeah. it's why I like it. But it's, um, I think, with um, ever since the one that they did in um, Egypt Origins, mm. there was a big, a big attempt at like changing how the game worked. Yeah, um, because they, they they did kind of get into a rut, and then they took a year off to kind of retool and rethink how their how the game is going to play. Yeah, and it's good. that's like, it, it's really for, good. It's for the benefit of the series, but I think as well. Um, I think I think it's I think it's going to be a very good thing to see go forward. Um, I'm not. I'm still kind of not in, interested in the. Uh, the revamp of the series it just hasn't it hasn't done anything for me at this point well dude I, I would say you know for mm. anyone like uh, look I did not like the games yeah right after a certain point I was sick of them I'm like I have I have literally played this thing to death you know <laughs> so what I would say is you know maybe give this one a shot or maybe watch my Twitch stream or whatever yeah um, for, and that's for anyone you know um, Ducks, Ducks uh, Imperator and you can just search me there, but it's it doesn't play like Assassin's Creed. It doesn't play like Shadow of Mordor. It, it's its own kind of thing. Mm. So it it does seem to be a case that it's not the best game ever, not by a long shot, but it is a very, very good game. And if Assassin's Creed kind of continues this way where every single installment feels different enough to the case, of like, well, look, it's in Assassin's Creed world, and you know, but it's not... We're just going to run up walls, and that's that's kind of it. You know that 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 day, that day's finished. If like if this had been another case, I would have brought the game back and kept the statue. Um, but no, I actually really liked it, and I'd say it's it's a it's a healthy game in the series. It's one that can actually open up new possibilities and has. 
but yeah, like fair play to um, Ubisoft for actually you know taking a chance because I recently I've well before I got um before I got Assassin's Creed I was playing Watch Dogs because there was a sale, Ubisoft sale and I was playing the the DLC of Watch Dogs the original one the actual game Watch Dogs I don't know if you, you ever play it. Um, no, I never got around to playing it because I was very interested in playing it, and then the reviews came out, and then I suddenly was not interested at all in playing it. Yeah, and you know what? That's totally fair because <laughs> I've uh, I was I've I was excited. It was the last game that I was really like gung ho. I can't wait to play this game. You know, I you yeah. know upgraded my PC. I actually ended up getting the game for free, but I <laughs> you know on because I was reviewing games at the time. I bought, upgraded my PC. Oh blah 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 blah. Played it terrible, and then I got it for the Xbox. And I I was like stubbornly tried to play it again. I'm like no, I want to play this. I haven't finished it. Terrible. However, the actual DLC for the game is very good. It's actually really? better than the game. It's why I bought. The, it's why I bought it. You know, mm. purely for the DLC because it's, it's with a much more interesting character. Watch Dogs Two. They did actually to like, kind of rectify. They made it more kind of fun. That's for yeah. lots of a better word. And it, it is a bit more interesting. But it's a series that you know it's it's dead for a reason, and it's a shame because it was you know it had some had some up spots, but they just they just totally screwed it up. You know. Uh, but I've been playing that for a while, and I would say, you know, anyone wants to give that a shot, uh, DLC is the way to go for Watch Dogs. But yeah, it's been a weird kind of series with me lately playing PS4 games, Bryn, because it's like, you have obviously the classics, you know, but because I've been like digging into what's available, I've kind of been going back to games that maybe I overlooked or didn't think was good or whatever. And it's 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 a weird experience to be like, oh, that game didn't suck. Yeah. Or oh, that game did suck. That was terrible. Yeah. Mad Max was another one, actually. Yeah, very good game. You know, surprisingly good. And like, I would blame this solely on movie tying games being so you know having such a bad reputation. Yeah, well, I think like you can kind of. I mean, each gen- each generation seems to have like a movie tying game that's kind of landmark, mm. and um, but for the most part, they're they're pretty. Bad. I mean, like from the, I think from uh, like the PS One and sixty four era, it was Goldeneye, yeah. you know, which was like landmark. Then like PS Two era, you're kind of talking the Spider Man Two stands out as being like a landmark movie tie in game, and I can't think of anything for the last for PS Three, but uh, for PS Three or three sixty era, yeah. But uh, you know, but generally, I mean, like generally in that time, in those time periods, you're talking about a lot of games that like weren't good, and and the reason for it not being good. Yeah, well, most of them are rush jobs. They're not really like, um, not really well thought out, envisioned like games where they had a vision for it. They were just going, well, we have a license to fill, <laughs> you know, and <laughs> we have a license to fill. So watch out. Yeah, like I mean, I mean, when you're making. I wouldn't like you're involved in any project where it's like, we're, why are we doing this? We have to. Oh, fun. That, that, that's how, why I like working here. It's, you know, it's not the passion. It's the necessity. That's mm. what gets me, you know, like that's where my creativity comes from. Like it's, um, I think, uh, like, I mean, it's cool seeing stuff like, uh, like I'm hearing more about Mad Max now than I heard when it was co- when it was actually released. Do you know why? Because you. 
<laughs> well, well, also yeah, but also because of uh, the free, it's free. Yeah. Well, it was free. It's not free anymore, but it was on the PlayStation uh, Network kind of free games to give out mm. every month. And you know, it, it's a shame that the game died a death the way it did because it's it's very it's it's like Fallout with uh, with GTA, you know, yeah. and it's it has that kind of level of immersion where you're going. This is I, I'm actually enjoying this. I don't hate this. I don't hate the world. Um, you know, I mm. <laughs> you know I'm actually having a good time here. And it's just something that totally missed the mark when it came out because people were like, I'm not mm. going to invest in a licensed game yeah. because well, I've been like, bored so many times before. You know yourself, man. Sometimes like games like that just don't find their audience at the time. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, it's one, it's one of the reasons why, like, I mean, with, with Fallout, it didn't really find its audience until the third one. And exactly. even, then, even exactly. then, it also had a massive revamp from being an isometric um, role-playing game to being first, per- like, well, third slash first-person role-playing game. Yeah, well, know? I'd argue they're not even kind of the same game. You know, no, like, no, they're, no, they're 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 entirely different. Like the, but even like even still, it's um, you know, to they could even then like it didn't the Fallout like Fallout didn't really find its audience that, until that point. Yeah, and a lot of the people to the credit of Fallout Three did go back and play the isometric games. Mm. And, uh, because people were just that determined to play Fallout from that point, yeah, which made them that interested. Yeah, um, I, it, I, but I do think it's you know the period that we're living in now was weird because not so long ago, particularly in the PS2 era, every everything got a oh god, yeah, everything got a tie-in game. You know, yeah. you, you couldn't go, you couldn't walk from here to, to down the street. And, and, but they, and, they were so like that, that. Like in that period, they were so they were so successful for companies as well. You know, well they they and, were like part of the part of the norm. You know, yeah. like and th- there were good ones and there were bad ones. That's the yeah. thing. You know, like to be fair, in that era, the majority of them were passable. They were, yeah. you know, I mean, like I, like I have fond memories of the Lord of the Rings games. Lord of the Rings games are still great. They're still fun. Yeah. Graphically terrible. I mean, still, still yeah. fun. The the difficulty level. In, I remember. I remember thinking. Was thinking about like the about this before that like the I found um, I found the two the two ta- the um, the two towers overly easy, and then I found, <laughs> and then I found uh, Return of the King unnecessarily difficult. <laughs> That's very true. That's you know, like the, I just still remember the, there was that level where you fight the ghost king, and then you have to do the cave in bit. Mm. And I'm just finding that bit like just ridiculously difficult. Um, yeah, never finished that game because of that level. <laughs> uh, I did, but it took a ball on my Stevens's day a couple of years yep. ago <laughs> <laughs> because that, that was exceptionally difficult. But as well as that, during that period, for like, there were so many great games that came out for for PlayStation Two. It was ridiculous. Correct. You know, because like for you know your kind of like top level like best games of all time list. You know where you're talking about your like Shadow of the Colossus and um you know games of that caliber. You also had like games like Onimusha and Thirteen and like um you know. Just like these oddly little games, like Red, the Red Faction games in, the, in that period were amazing. Like Red Faction Two, yeah, 
Red Faction, it's so weird. It's so weird because like Red Faction One and Red Faction Two, like had like the exact opposite strengths and the exact opposite weaknesses. Yeah. Where like the multiplayer, um, the mul- like the first player single player campaign of the first one was great, but the multiplayer kind of sucked. <laughs> And, and then the multiplayer was amazing in the second one, and the single player campaign sucked. <laughs> but see, uh, well, I always liked the destructible environments with two. Yeah, so. well, there was there was destructible environments in the first one too. They were just like way. It was just so, like the engine was so experimental. Yeah, that, like you could literally break the world. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, that's the thing, though. Like I, I remember, remember actually getting a second PS2 because my mm-hmm. PS2, you know, died, of course. And playing it, I'm like, this is great. You know, mm-hmm. like, actually, that was one of the games I got. So, but the thing about that period was you could experiment. There are a lot of experimental games. And I think that kind of process has moved to, has moved to, um, it's more of an indie thing. PC. Now. Yeah, it's moved to PC now. Yeah. So, what I, what I would say is anyone who, who was going to interest it in that, go back. And kind of experiment with the PS2. However, like the the the, the ubiquitous the ubiquitous nature of the games uh, also led to a lot of bad. Mm. And this is this is where it comes from a circle because your tie-in games was like Batman. Oh no, <laughs> which was terrible. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's there, literally, there literally was not one good Batman game on the PS2. No, uh, <laughs> no, there wasn't. And, you know, the same with Justice League. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a rake of Marvel games, which, you know... Except for Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Power Rangers games as well. They were... Ah, oh, they were... They were ugly. They were dire. A lot of Star Wars games, some were good, some were bad. Yeah. A lot, let's be fair, a lot, a lot more were good than bad. Mm. But, you know, tie-in... And then for any movie that came out, there was a game. Like, it was almost expected. Yeah. Like, like, their cat, like Catwoman got a game. Yeah. Tying games were so big. Even Who Wants to Be a Millionaire had a game. Like, yeah, but that was to tell, that was out in the PS One era. Yeah, but that was also like they had updated ones for the PS Two as well. Really? Yeah, and Wheel of Fortune had one as well. Oh like, my yeah, yeah. No, there's 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 a lot of game shows that got uh, that got uh, <laughs> their their fair shake. Like you wouldn't like you wouldn't see that now. No, but if, just, but if you did, it would be on Steam. Yeah, and it would be like a, a weird indie oddity rather than yeah. being a big budget thing. But that's also like, I mean, a big portion of why that why that is a thing is, I mean, the if you look at the kind of the the kind of money that was in video game production in the like in the early two thousands, it's not even close to how much there is now. But the weird yeah. thing about you see the weird thing about it now, right? Yeah, there's a lot less money in it. Mm. The games are terrible. Like nowadays, the game—it's a huge multi-billion-dollar yeah. industry, even—and the games suck. Well, you know, I, I, I find myself struggling to have a game that holds my interest mm. compared to when I was younger, and I would be, you know, engrossed. Yeah, but it wasn't only because you know, oh, you're getting older. It's like mm. the games are better. Well, you know, like, for example, I, I, for example, I, sorry for, for I couldn't call you, just on, on the point, like, right, we're recording this on a Thursday night, right? And Black Ops t- 3, 3.5, yeah. 3.5, I don't know, has come yeah. out. And I'm like, okay, uh, I got I got the third one, uh, I got the second one for free, 
And this one looks exactly the same. Yeah, but that's like Call of Duty for you. You know, it's just like, I think, I think it's very difficult to, um, I think it's very difficult to compare because like the reality is, is that the games that were made, like, I feel like there was more audiences served back in, um, uh, I feel like there's more audiences served back in like the PS1 era than there was than like, and it's kind of as there's been more, as each iteration keeps making more money than the previous one, we're seeing it get more and more homogenized because they're trying to kind of, um, like there's, it seems like as like the budget for games increases, the amount of risks they're willing to take decreases, and it's. You know, it's a weird, it's a weird situation where the big game companies don't seem to really want to make that many games. <laughs> you know, place on the lips which gave a little shh. Maybe we're talk about that not now. You see, I'm jacking. All my friends are here. There's just no time for taboo. Okay, so you're catching us on the podcast, and you want to find out. Well, what if I want to listen live and I'm not in Ireland? Well, the TuneIn app has you covered. That's TuneIn. Just look for Phoenix 92.5 FM and you'll be able to check us out live. Don't forget, if you want to contribute to the conversation, go over to Twitter. nerd 2 no 92.5 is our Twitter. That's Nerd2, the number 2. No, 92.5 is our Twitter for the show. If you want to chime in, you can. Every Saturday, 5pm to 6pm here on Phoenix 92.5 FM. Do you like wrestling? Then what are you waiting for? Check out the rest of you at the National Desk this Tuesday and every Tuesday on Phoenix 92.5 FM, 8pm to 9pm with myself, Daryl O'Connor and my co-host, Rin O'Rourke, bringing you over 300 editions of the show Encounter. The rest of you at the National Desk, Phoenix 92.5 FM. First you fall down, then you jump back up again. Find your I think it, I think it's a weird situation where like they were more likely to take risks when they were when they weren't spending that much money on getting a game out, and they I think because they weren't really that um, that focused on trying to have a game come out in July or have it ready for Christmas or whatever, they were just going like, "Yeah, take your time doing it," and. You know, there was like, there would, well, there would have been crunch, but it wouldn't have been like you're hearing horror stories about crunch now, where like, yeah, was, like, um, what was the, uh, like, for anyone who doesn't understand what crunch is, basically, the idea behind it is, is that like a developer will start working at like eight in the morning and won't finish until three, until three the following morning, go to sleep at their desk, and then wake up at 8 to start working again. But here's and the that's thing. how they would work for months. But here's, like, the, thing. <laughs> but here's the thing, though, Ben, right? Mm. And it's, just, it's weird for me, right? Because there's more people now developing mm. games yep. than ever before, right? There's yep. more people in computers than ever before. People know coding. You know, we, did, we, we broadcast an interview there with uh, John Romero yep. who was saying that it was very difficult to actually get into coding initially because you had to kind of go to university and kind of like learn yourself or get a book yeah. or anything like that. Now you don't have to. Now you can just literally go online and someone will show you how to code, right? 
Uh, not only that, some of the build games. There's mm. engines there, like Unity. There's Game Maker. There's the, uh, everything. You know, yeah. and it's all free, right? However, free ish, <laughs> but free ish. Well, you know what I mean. Like the, yeah. the, the 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 entry point is exceptionally low. And we've seen this yeah. now with with Steam Greenlight and you yeah. know the mess that is. It's weird. It's kind of because the entry level now has dropped. The quality has dropped, but it's not reflected at a higher level, right? So all these, all this pool of talent, all this, you know, resource, they're just not being tapped. So yeah. this, this is why you're finding the indie that's so like, mm. you know, Binding of Isaac, Minecraft, even to an extent, mm. you know, these are all, these are all indie games, mm. you know, that blew up and became successes. And I think it's because, as you said, you know, very succinctly, there is no, you know, a lot of demographic, a lot of demographics aren't being marketed to. Yeah, absolutely. But it's one of the reasons why, like, even something like her story was such a smash. Yeah, you know, very because true. very true. It's just so, like, I mean, her story for like, there's people who don't like it, and fair enough. But like, her story is just such a damn different gaming experience yeah. to what, what is really out there. Like, this is the thing: is like, my sister is not a gamer. I got her her story for Christmas. She loved the thing. Because it's yeah. exactly the kind of experience she wants in a game, but no one's making more of her story. She would yeah. eat up like if someone, if someone was making one of those things year in year out, she would buy them every single time because she but loves see, that. But that's exactly it, you know. I think uh, look, for, I don't really like Nintendo for a lot of reasons, particularly now that they've you know killed game, gaming history. Yeah. Uh, but at least they take risks. Yeah. You know, and the only way you kind of discover the next big thing is not by, you know, beating something to death. It's by taking risks. And like, so for example, right? You know, I hate to hard on harp on about the PS2, but you kind of have to because it is that touchstone kind of thing. Um, so many great games exist for the PS2 because so many risks were taken. Yeah. It's, it's like it's the benchmark for horror games. Some r- incredibly weird, amazing horror games like Haunted Ground, Obscure. Forbidden Siren 2, Forbidden Siren 1, Silent Hill 2, Silent Hill 3. Yeah. The list goes on and on and on and on and on. And these games are just, you know, to, even today, are unparalleled. But it's even like, you know, going back to, like, you know, there's like one of my favorite gaming series of all time is the Legacy of Kane series. Oh, oh yeah, man. You know? Blood Omen 2, like, Soul Reaver. Yeah. Great. Those games are amazing. But they're not, like, I mean, the... Um, those are games that are straight up not made at all in any capacity. Like the closest thing you're getting to them in any regard is the kind of stuff that's coming out from From Software for Dark Souls and Bloodborne, and you know, like those kind of because they're kind of weird Metroidvania type games. So even still, right? Like the well, very different experience. They are, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, very different experience to what uh, Soul Reaver and Blood Omen were giving you. But like with Blood Omen, for example, just just take that. You know, it's there were a lot of games out like it, and even still, it was able to stand from from the pack, and you could enjoy it. Mm. Now, it, when someone releases Dark Souls, Bloodborne comes out, and they're very much the same game. As long as people are going, oh, they're not the same. They, they are the same game. Um, yeah, I mean, there's like, I mean, there's there's. <laughs> Like there's like the differences between Dark Souls and uh, Bloodborne are like is like about as vast as the differences between Catholicism and and uh, and Protestantism. Yeah, exactly. Like, Fundament- like, fundamentally, they have the same 
same bits and pieces. Fundamentally and structurally, they're the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? And it, it, but, but, you know, it's like, that's the problem I think I have with, like, I, I'm not going to lie, I enjoy the PS4, right? Yeah. I, I, I do enjoy having it, and, you know, it's, it's gone, but it doesn't fill me. You know, like, there isn't, there isn't the, there isn't that kind of, oh, this is great. You know, like it's it, it's. I feel satiated that my gaming uh, experience. I can throw everything else away. It's weird, right? Because in one generation, we've gone from the Xbox 360, which I believe still does have a lot of that kind of diversity. To you can you can play any kind of game and and be you know be fulfilled. The Xbox One, PlayStation Two, Dreamcast, they all have that kind of stuff. And now the only place that you're able to go for, quote, modern games, which usually just refers to the graphics, is on the PC. And to be fair, unless you're running a high enough end PC, the barrier is quite huge there. So it's ironic yeah. in the sense that we've gone from a high barrier to make games, right? Where the barrier to, to play them was quite low, to a, bar- a barrier to an entry point to make games being very, very low, and to publish your own game very low, but to actually play these games is quite high. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's yeah, like, how did this happen? It's a weird irony situation where, yeah. like, it's more of a case now where it's probably easier for you to make your own game for yourself to satiate your own needs hmm. than it is to go out and find and buy a game and make sure you can run it properly. Not like, even that, though, Bryn. It, it's, you could make your own game and run it, so you can make your own game to fill. However, trying to get it, depending on on the specs and what it is, trying to get it to run at a nice frame rate would probably be a barrier. <laughs> yeah, You've probably. made the game. Yeah, like it. It's it's an interesting one though because like the, um, like I think, I mean, the, I think the uh, like this generation, it's a bit the and like even with the the last generation, the kind of. You're seeing this thing happen now where it's, I mean, outside of like a handful of games, I'm not really seeing anything where I go like, ooh, that's a that's a different game than I've seen in the last 10 years. Mm. Like, I mean, and like even when the game comes along where you go, oh, that's that's a bit different. When you start playing it, you're like, oh, I remember this. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, I remember like, I, like one of my favorite games from this generation, from the last generation was uh, The Last of Us. Hmm. Last of Us is a great game, but it also plays exactly the same as the Uncharted games <laughs> when you get into that, contact, when you get into combat. Like, but even in that, like, there's bits in Spider-Man PS4 yep. that play exactly like Uncharted, and you're like, oh come on, like guys, I hate yeah. this, you know. <laughs> and I love that game, but I yeah. hate those sections. I'm like, this is yeah. I have had this before. Yeah, but it's I mean I like look I don't mind when. Like there's like there's being reminded of Uncharted in a good like being reminded of a game you enjoy playing and it being a good thing, but mm. then there's being like reminded of a game where you go, oh yeah, I've played this before, yeah. where it's just like, you know, where it's just like overly familiar, if that makes sense. Like it's just not something I think, especially when you when you do feel like you're going to get a new experience. Like, to be honest, when I'm playing Spider-Man, I'm not really looking for new experiences per se. If I get new experiences, I'm delighted, but I'm not really looking for it there. Um, okay, that's fair. That's You fair. know, like, but, I mean, I'm trying to think of like a way to qualify it, but 
Um, you know, like again, when I played um, Hell, like I don't know if you played uh, Hellblade: Senua's Sac- Sacrifice yet. Yeah, it's I have. an amazing game. Yeah, it's very and, good. Like, that's filled with new experiences, and I love it because of that. And like, even if there are bits in it that do make me think of other games, it's in a oh yeah, this was a cool mechanic, and not really oh I've played this. You know, it's. I, I'm I'm a massive fan of that game, and I I think the, all the praise it gets it thoroughly deserves. I just don't understand how. I just don't understand how it's happened. You know, like yeah, it it, it probably is um, a homogenization by big by big gaming publishers, but it's weird because it's done by consent. You know, like for example. If people didn't buy these games, they'd yeah. stop making. Yeah, but here's the thing: like, I think that's a very, um, I think that's like overly simplistic. Because, like, look, this is the thing: like, if um, you know, like, you know, the way that like uh, people go, oh, well, like, you know, they they keep buying sugary, our kids keep buying sugary drinks. Like, if they keep stocking sugary drinks and not not really giving them an option outside out of bland, flavorless water, mm. what do you expect them to buy? Like. Yeah, but uh, for example, right? Like on that point, I know exactly what you're saying, and you are 100 percent right. However, the difference is, right? People are still developing games for the Dreamcast. Yeah, and they're better. People are buying games for the Dreamcast, but but they should, you know. But But how many people are like? It's yeah, you're right, but that that's what I'm lamenting. I'm lamenting the fact that. You know, the, again, there is that level that has that has dropped where people can literally make what was a triple A game in their room, mm. and it's it's better than what's being published mm. by the so-called big leaders. And it, it's not because they haven't got the talent. Like, you know, I know people in the Irish gaming scene. I know people in the American gaming scene who actually work in some companies. Someone who actually work for um, Activision, and she was saying, "Yeah, like it's." <laughs> it's you know all creativity is thrown out the window because yeah. all they want is they want that crunch period and they want to be able to make you know x amount of dollars every year and if if it's not made well then it's it it's not it's not made and for, and for me i'm i was horrified because i couldn't believe that we're in that point and you know i love some people probably listen to this now you know want to get into game design or something like that and look it seems like a fun career but it's not and that yeah. sucks but it's, I mean, to that be honest, really like, sucks. It's, if you've spent any time around people who work, um, who work in entertainment in any, um, in any kind of capacity where they're not, where their job isn't glamorous. Like if you would talk to anyone who works, like if you would talk to anyone who works as an electrician for film, if you talk to anyone who talks about working as like uh, lighting or sound for theater, you know, it's not like it's not a super good area for work, yeah. work in entertainment. It just like like speaking as someone who uh, tried the whole being a runner thing to start having a career as a as a as a sound designer. It's not a good it's not a good career path because you end up like to get anywhere. You basically have to say, okay, it's absolutely fine for me to basically be a slave for an undetermined amount of time before I get an opportunity and then I will get paid some money, probably not even a legal amount of money to be paid. Some and it just, money. Like, yeah, it's, and it just, it just crazy. 
you know, you're really at the mercy of like, and like, th- th- again, this is an experience of, of, um, I've been able to recount with people who've tried to be engineers in film. This is an exp- account I've heard from people who've tried to be video game dire- um, developers, you know, and so on. It's, it's something where you go, oh, okay, I want to be paid money for this. You will be paid a ham sandwich. Yeah, it's and same, you just have to take it. Like it's, 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 it's not great. It's the same with with um, you know entertainment and music or entertainment yeah. or even media. You know, oh hey, you know it's 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 called the experience bank. You know, yeah. well look, I mean, you did <laughs> you did, like, you, did um, you did work for um, a pretty uh, a pretty popular entertainment site. Yeah, years ago. Yeah, yeah. they I, were very happy to try and pay you with anything that wasn't money. I you know? without naming names, my articles got millions of hits, <laughs> like literally millions of hits. And uh, I you should have been with, able to like have a good like a good salary off of those articles. Yeah, yeah I I got four euro at the end of it. Yeah, but you know I got free DVDs and interviews and stuff, and it was just like yeah, because that that's the, that's the same thing as being able to pay rent. Yeah, yeah, I can, you know, I can, I can use DVDs to pay rent or whatever. But you know, yeah. it, that is a very good point, Brian. I didn't even occur to me that that's pretty much the exact same thing. It's, it, it, it it's disheartening because you know, uh, you still talk to some people even in, in tech, and they're like, oh, you know, I want to be a video game developer, and you're like, why? Man, I mean, like, I've talked to so many people who were like, oh yeah, I was going to be a game designer, then I realized that I could just make. A, a that I can I just realized that if I just applied thirty percent of my time trying to be that I was putting into being a game developer into learning machine code, I can have four times the salary. That's true, <laughs> and and here's the thing, you know, it, it's you know Java or yeah. or you know Python or even machine code assembly or anything like that. Yeah, man. you will make four to ten yeah. times the amount of money that you can yeah. make being to be a game. honest if you can write machine code you will never be unemployed yeah, uh, but like, you have to write machine code that, like, <laughs> yeah like machine code is not fun it's not fun, my guys. god that's not why fun. you will never have a job you yeah, will never it, be without work it, it is so important yeah it's it's like the old joke you know in in bands you know if you're a bass player or a drummer you'll yeah. never go without a band and that's yeah that's pretty much it's because nobody wants to do it yeah. <laughs> it's like oh man but it's like I mean it's it's the same thing man you know yeah. I think with um, like um, it, I mean like I love gaming and I definitely like even like I'm starting to kind of get into doing game, game dev but I would never do it as anything more serious than a hobby because yeah. like yeah like it, look, why it, put yourself through that kind of stress man look it's fun it's fun I've dabbled with it you know this yeah. I, I've dabbled with game dev as well and it's you know, even careers you're looking at are going, oh, that's, you know, like, that's I, not good, you know? Because, like, I mean, really, you're, I think, like, the, the, it's, even though it's, like, it's not really a realistic goal, I would rather be, I would much rather be a hobbyist gamer who makes it, who happens to make a game that's as, as successful as Minecraft and then never have to make another one again. Because mm-hmm. literally what happened to Notch, yeah. you just made Minecraft and then went, I don't need to work anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> You know? Yeah, well, like it's obviously not everyone's going to. No, like, gonna be it's able. not like I mean, you're basically going. Oh well, I try. I'll try try and do this thing just to win the lottery. Like, yeah. But the thing about it is, it's it's something that kind of does 
speak volumes, you know, uh, with the with the current gaming industry. And I, it's not sustainable. Uh, I think, you know, Jim Sterling actually does kind of cover this a lot. So I'd say if anyone wants to get more week-by-week week blow of this, you know, check out Jim Sterling and the Jim position. Um, but it really hit me there during the week when I'm sitting there going, wow, you know, these modern games, you know, these modern games with the kids, uh, it's... <laughs> They're just Super Nintendos. <laughs> but like even going back and you know, Commodore 64. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it just it makes you point for the good old days. And you know, particularly with um one of my favorite games last year was Sonic. So the Sonic Oh Sonic Mania. Yeah, that was great. And it pretty much was. It's why I bought the, the PlayStation in the first place. Yeah. So we could play what should be a Sega Mega Drive game. <laughs> you know, it's twenty years later, but you know, it's it's something we're considering, and it's you know, kind of sad. But yeah, but it, I mean, like to be to be fair with you, like I still have yet to play a game that's more addictive than Tetris. Yeah, Tetris you know? is still fantastic. Tetris like, is still is still one of the biggest games ever, yeah. despite all the tweaking. It's still kind of the exact same game as it was, yeah, you know, but it works. Like it still works. Like it's. It's still a really, really good game. It's just like, um, you know, I, I mean, there's certain there are certain games like that where I just think that like they they understand their fan base so well mm. that like I mean, Pokemon's a really good example of a game where like they understand the fan base so well that they can they'll throw little tweaks at them, but not really enough to upset them. Just enough to go, here's a little something different. So they go, oh, okay, cool. I don't like this as much. I'll go back and play an older one. Or I really love this, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. But like, I mean, they, like they, I think they do a really good job of just keeping the fan base interested. Yeah, and, and, and to be fair, that's all you kind of have to do. Like, it's mm-hmm. something that's that the going back to Sega. It's something that Sega haven't been able to do for like twenty years until Sega no. until Sonic Mania came out. Yeah, you know? but they didn't even make it. They like yeah. <laughs> It was, they, the, it was an indie game, like yeah. They you know? they outsourced the two modders yeah. of Sonic and people who actually fixed the 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 Android ports of yeah. uh, Sonic One and Two. So you know, it, again, that go, that brings us full circle. We're in a period where the the barrier is so low mm. that people can actually scale up to the point where they're able to do that. But a publisher is still the gatekeepers, and they're just not willing to take risks. So until that oh, changes, yeah. guys, nothing's really going to change. But yeah. look. You know, Bryn, we've run out of time, believe it or not. What, really? Yeah, I know. Say it isn't so. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. So we've run out of time for this week's Nerd to Know. It is the fastest show that myself and Bryn do. (laughs) It really is. Like, uh, honestly, I mean, we could definitely just do... just do with like another hour yeah <laughs> to do <Yeah>. this show <laughs> it's, uh, just, it's just too easy <laughs> yeah you just it, it's crazy you know and it, it just literally i just looked at time here and we're going, well we need to we need to wrap this up yeah so you know if you want to keep listening to more and look if you want more content let us know and we we'll, we will gladly provide it on yeah. itunes but you have to let us know. So the way to do that yeah. is to go over to uh, Nerd to Know Media on SoundCloud, or or search on Facebook uh, Nerd to Know Basis yeah. uh, Phoenix Two Point Five FM. Also, you know, you could just put that those that perfectly valid constructive criticism into a finely worded review on iTunes. You could, you could, and that, that would, would that would be. That would be very helpful, and of course, yeah. there is there as well. But Bryn, before we go, how can the good people reach you? 
So the good people, they can reach me on Twitter at brain, at cast brain cast. That is with cast underscore brain underscore cast. And that's the, where the good people can find me. I would just like to do a very quick plug for our good friends over at geeks of the industry who do a number of, of really, really amazing podcasts. Yes. For all kinds of flavors. Again, we were talking about, about serving different demographics. These guys, certainly have that covered with shows, with shows about horror films shows about regular films shows about wrestling they used to do a show about wrestling fan fiction which was awesome and weird um you know they've added some really cool um podcasts they have a show called M street, uh, elm street radio which is um done by uh, i believe it's done by uh, reanimator and and Natalie, but I'll have to check that up. Um, th- it's also where myself and my good friend uh, Flonius Punk KSC do shit film Sundays too. Shit harder. We still need to do new episodes, but we'll get around to that soon enough. Um, and then they've got Mega Paris Radio and a whole bunch of other stuff. Check them out at geeksoftheindustry.com. Very cool. And if you guys want to reach me, you can at Dara WV, D-A-W-R-A-G-H-W-V on Twitter. And, uh, yeah, until next week, guys, this has been Nerd No Basis here on Phoenix 92.5 FM. Bye.